you're listening to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dear Alice. We are going to be talking about the open concept floor plan today. Yep. Everybody's got one. Yep, or they want one. Or they want one. Or they're buying a house and they're like, I'm going to do a remodel and I'm going to knock down some walls and I'm going to get myself an open concept. Yep, because I want to see the TV when I'm doing my dishes. Yeah, you don't want to be, um, if, you're, if you're a woman listening or a man that likes to cook, right? He doesn't want to get stuck in the kitchen nope. while the TV's going on. He wants to see what's on TV. He wants to watch a game. It makes the dishes go by better. Oh, don't put baby in the corner. Yeah. Teach you how you to want to be part of everyone. the family. Yeah, it's great. Yes. I can't remember the last time we did a kitchen that wasn't open to a main living space. No, no, everybody wants to be a part of the party. And I think, yeah, it's what people ask us for all the time. And so, yeah, you're usually we're knocking down walls mm-hmm. to create these spaces. Yeah. But often it's overwhelming too. Like how do you space plan an open concept and how do you make it feel special and intimate um, without being a massive echo chamber? Totally. So, so I think if your home was built, um, you know, anytime in the 2000s, you're probably living with an open concept. Or if you're getting ready to build, then you're probably living with somewhat of an open concept too. So we thought we should talk about it today. Yep. Um, things that really make it work um, and how to sort of define those spaces. Because sometimes they feel like a run-on sentence because it's one great big room, kind of sharing the same language, uh, mm-hmm. the same floor running throughout, the same wall colors running throughout. And how do you sort of define these spaces and make them have a personality Mm -hmm. um, because they are shared by other spaces, right? Yep. Yeah. So um, let's start with a question. This is from at Marcy08. And she says, do you suggest open concept or segmentation of rooms, which would increase the value of a home? I think right now, just like we just spoke about, everybody wants certain spaces to be open to one another, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not that your entry, you don't necessarily need to open up your front door and, you know, automatically see all your cards. We don't want to see necessarily your kitchen and your great room and the dining room all from the entry. There's spots to confine. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that with an entry, we always will because we love a wall. Mm -hmm. We love spots to like do wall treatments and create these environments. But then we love the drama of exiting an entry and it opening up into something really exciting yeah. or a journey and discovering that open concept flooring where you can see mom in the kitchen and, you know, people watching a football game and be a part of that space. And it's just, yeah, it's a party. It's a party trick. Yeah. And if well, you're, if you're building right now, there's also tricks that you can do. Um, like, like, on the entry floor, you don't have to keep that same hardwood, hardwood floor running from the great room into the entry, that's a moment where you could sort of break off the floor plan plan and do like a really beautiful marble tile entry, right? And create a beautiful, interesting pattern. Um, You could do a large format, natural stone, but that is a moment where you can kind of come in and hear your your heels click on the floor and just create sort of a moment, right? And sort of adds to the drama and the intrigue of an entryway. So you can treat that special from the rest of the home if if you're if you want to elevate it. Now some people are just very casual and maybe they wouldn't want that. Um, an upside to that is it's it's more um, weatherproof because it is a stone or a, a form of tile. Mm-hmm. 
So we love a tile entry, don't we? We sure do. Yeah. And I kept thinking of like House of Kennedy, how you walk into that space that's on our portfolio. Mm-hmm. And we did that. We, um, I can't, honestly, I've, I only can see it with the tile flooring. I don't even know what it was before. Yeah. Because it always should have been tile. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such a fun trick because you have tile going in the entry and down a hallway and then it opens up to wood and they're just that separation of space and it feels special. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, like you said, if you are more casual and you want to do wood, you say you're like living, you know, near a beach or something and you want to all just feel light and bright wood. Um, you can still differentiate, you know, the entry by changing up the pattern of, for that wood to kind of create a moment mm-hmm. before you straighten it out in the rest of the space. Yeah. I love that. So, or your hallways are a really great opportunity yes. to, to do something different in the pattern. That's a great time to get your herringbone in because yeah. you're not going to be covering that most likely with, with rugs, right? So you can appreciate the hard work that goes into laying a herringbone floor in a hallway. Yep. Yeah, so good. Um, okay, uh, so other points that we wanted to talk about were that in an open concept, oftentimes it can get really noisy, Yep. If you have a lot of company there. So a couple ways that we like to make it comfortable and help dampen sound, of course, are to use rugs to define each of the spaces within the open concept. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously, if you do have an entry, you'll probably have a beautiful rug sitting on top of either your hardwood floors or those marble floors that we just talked about. We would still put some sort of entry rug um, near the door to help collect. Catch the dust. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Um, besides defining it with rugs, we also love a drapery yes. treatment. And Jess, you did this, I think, a, a great job in your family room. Mm-hmm. Jess also has an open concept, y'all, but there's nothing, you don't have spaces that don't feel special still because you've defined it by so many things, one of which is your drapery. Yeah, yeah. And the ceiling heights in the uh, eating area and the family room, I think they they um, pitch up to, I think, around 18 feet. Mm-hmm. But then over my kitchen, because I didn't want dust collectors on top of my cabinets, I had them pull the ceilings way down to 10 feet. So um, so to sort of combine these spaces, we um, defined the spaces with um, drapes, and they're just shears. So when I say drapes, just picture kind of a semi-transparent, open-weave, white uh, drapery. And um, yeah, they're just kind of coastal and easy. Um, I defined the banquette area with um, drapes that flank each side. And then in the family room, uh, drapes that flank each side of the family room. So it looks really casual and easy, but subliminally you feel this this sort of um, coming together of the family room being its own space, even though it's open and the banquette feeling like it's in its own space and not two things in one space. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's interesting how those vertical lines can can draw sort of a margin for what you're trying to do. Totally. Yeah. Draperies are important, especially in a really tall room, right? Because you feel so small. And so I think getting that, that, uh, hardware in there and then the drapes down below, and then they're also helping to, to, um, soften the hard walls so that it's not so echoey. And then having a nice rug, it can be under your dining area as well as your family area, um, your family room area. And that's going to help really define those spaces and um, dampen the sound too. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. If you want an open floor plan, it's probably because you either have a big family and a lot of people coming in and there's just not enough, you know, seats for everybody. And you're the type of person that there's always room for one more. So 
open floor plans are going to get along with your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You have a big family or you just like to have a good time and you like to throw a party. Yeah. That's great for an open concept and having a big family or throwing a party is going to be loud. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that vertical, that big, huge panel is going to absorb so much sound. And I think visually it, it kind of pulls your eye in instead of it just being this expanse too of all just drywall, you know, yeah. I think of another project that we did where everything's pretty light and bright. It was very gallery, but we did a dark, uh, like a, almost black linen oh. with hand painted on it. Yeah. And there's, I don't know, there's nothing that made the space feel so intimate mm -hmm. because it really tied in. There's a breezeway looking over because it's a two-story um, space, but it just, I don't know, it just hugs you back because you see a stop and it comes towards you instead of being so expansive. Yeah which yeah. I think I think we all want to feel like we're in that kind of space. Totally. I know this whole episode is on open concept, but yeah. <clears throat> I was thinking about this. You can totally tell me if I'm thinking about it wrong or you guys have a different opinion. But when I redid my kitchen, there was a wall that like everyone had told me like, oh, you should open that up so it's completely open. And my home, when you walk through my front door, it would have opened into my family room and then the kitchen would have been like right there too. You just been, would have been staring into it. Mm -hmm. And I was always glad I didn't do that because it kind of gave the kitchen like its own, you know what I mean? And then it was kind of a little bit hidden as well. Yeah. Did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't, I'm freezing, my husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable. They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand, to your um, hand. It's like slippery dolphin, like your feet swishing around is so, so addictive. I can't sleep with anything but cozy earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with cozy earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self-care sleep health if you just head over to cozyearth.com and use the promo code dear alice for an exclusive 35 percent off you guys we don't have to wait for a sale you can use this anytime again the code is dear alice for an exclusive 35 percent off better sleep awaits you with cozy earth and my house is, is an older home so i was thinking like i don't some people might feel pressured to do like an like when they, in a remodel to mm -hmm. do like make their home an open concept floor plan. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I don't think that needs to happen because homes sell every single day yeah. that are not open concept. Mm -hmm. And you can still have an amazing kitchen, an amazing living space mm -hmm. without it. And I'm glad that I didn't do it mm -hmm. in my house. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Well, and it gave you another wall, I'm sure, to put cabinetry on in yep. the kitchen. And it probably on the opposite side gave you room to hang your TV or, you know what yeah. I mean? Art. Yep. Yeah. 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 And define each of those spaces separately. Yeah. And I think that just goes to show you, just ask yourself, um, any of you all that have been asking questions on this topic, 
what kind of spaces do you feel the most comfortable, the most safe? Mm -hmm. Um, Which ones feel the best to you? Because for some people, they want an open concept. For some people, you do want to have just some barriers, you know, and some terminations so that you can kind of hide hide away in a space if that makes you feel more safe. So don't don't feel bad. And if you want more walls for art, keep them all up. And to Corey's point, um, his vantage point was considered, which I think is also a really, really like compass on trying to decide what to do is like, what does this look like from the front door? You know, and also like, what kind of housekeepers are we? Well, we're really busy. And, you know, we, we don't always have time to clean up everything. And when we come home, I don't want to be looking straight into a sink, you know, that the dishes aren't done or whatever. So I don't know. I think the vantage points also help give us clues to what would be best for our lifestyle. Yep. I love that. And and don't feel like we talk about this a lot, but I just don't think people should feel pressured to do something that they don't maybe necessarily totally want to do just because they feel like open concepts are in resell. Yeah, exactly. Like you should live in your home because you want to live in it. Not necessarily because you think a buyer in 10 years or however long is going to want that. You know what I mean? Totally. It's yeah. like what Jen Dolan told us on the last yeah. podcast. With our terriers. Yeah, you don't have to justify. You shouldn't have to justify what you wear. You shouldn't have to justify what you put in your house because it's your house. Mm-hmm. So, and how you want to live. Well, and if you're listening to this podcast and you're a design enthusiast, you love interiors. Welcome. And so, yeah, you're our people. <laughs> you're so you, no matter what, you're going to make the space beautiful, right? Exactly. And we could we could design the exact same house. We could design Corey's house and knock down that wall and celebrate it. And we could have the wall up and design it and celebrate it. So yep. I think if it's done well, like both answers are really right. And maybe you're really craving something cozy because you've lived in something really broad and open and those little defined spaces just feel really good, yep. you know? And I mean, Suzanne just bought a new home and it's, um, it's, it's pretty, uh, I'd say it's, it's petite in scale. It has like a smaller kitchen and each space is really defined mm-hmm. and it's so interesting after, after working in such wide open spaces, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's cozy. The ceiling heights aren't huge, but they're also special and your art makes a massive impact because yeah. they are smaller spaces mm-hmm. and you just feel like the design is like wrapping its arms around you. Yep. I loved it. When you were talking about your house, I have that same situation where so many people would have like been tempted to just take that wall out to open up the kitchen to the family room, to the entry. And at the end of the day, it didn't make any sense. And mm-hmm. Jess came in and she's just like, I'm so glad that those walls are there. Where are you going to put all your art? You have so oh much my art. Gosh. Yeah. Nobody and- buys more art than Sue Hall. <laughs> yeah. But I really, I love it because yeah, the, it's just such, it's more of an interesting journey. Mm-hmm. I think it's been a good learning point for me just in any home that I do or get for myself that I like those defined spaces. I really yeah. like, and I do have a big, loud family, but I'm okay having a moment over here and a moment over here and having it not, you know, all out and about. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so really understand what you kind of want to have. And I think that that's what you should do. Definitely. Um, and you'll make it look great. And therefore, as far as it's, I think, yeah, Marcio 8, you asked about increasing the value of a home. Um, yeah, if it's done well, the value will be there. I think so. Design is, I think, what gives the home value. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I just sold that house and it's like everyone wanted it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't need it. I didn't need the open, yeah, didn't need <laughs> yeah. the open concept. So, yeah. I'm glad what I, did, I did what I wanted to do. Yep. Totally, totally. Yeah, consider those you. vantage points and 
Design the heck out of it. It's mm-hmm. going to be extraordinary. Yeah. Um, okay, so next question is from at A-E-D-R-I-E-L, Adriel. Adriel, yeah. Ooh. Okay, um, they ask, I would love tips on how to create more intimacy in an open floor plan. Of course, the obvious area rugs to ground a space, etc. But any other tips? Thank you, ladies. <laughs> And Corey. Yeah, and me. <laughs> and gentlemen. Um, so, yeah, obviously, we can just define a space with rugs. And to that point, I know we say it all the time, but just make sure your rug is bigger than you think, right? Yep. Um, so you're going to at least, at the very, very least, get a 9 by 12. But most great rooms at least need a, a 10 by 14. Yeah. Yep. yeah, 10 by 14. They do go up to 12 by 15, y'all. So uh-huh. anyway, go ahead and look that price up, too, because... You might, you might have a big enough space to swallow up that. And what the rug does, it does create kind of visual walls. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been into a big space with no rug and there's furniture in there, they just, they look like they're floating. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing anchoring the space and defining what that space is supposed to be doing or what we're supposed to be looking at or directions or vantage points, like you said, Jess. Yeah. So yeah, rugs are everything, which is why we start there. Definitely. Um, also creating intimacy in a floor plan. The magic is space planning. And I guess to define space planning so that you know exactly what we're talking about, it's your how you're going to arrange your furniture. And um, most people are going to push all their furniture up against a wall. So in an open concept floor plan, this isn't going to work because your walls are going to be probably too far away from where you're actually going to be gathering. So Open concepts are a game of floating furniture in the middle of the room. And we want to invite you to have those pieces have conversations with each other. Use things on angles. Um, square up the sofa almost always. Or the sofas could be doing a face-off, um, you know, staring across at each other and then a pair of chairs. But the more you can kind of angle things in there in an interesting conversation, People can sit down and naturally see each other's faces and not be squared off like soldiers. And the room, I think, should look like it's having a conversation even without humans in it. Yep. So space planning is really, really important. Um, and, And having that on a rug that's squared up with the room, and then you can start to place the things in there in a more artistic way. If you look at any pictures, like interesting, you know, editorial, you know, images of like really great rooms, Mm -hmm. look how they did their space planning. Imagine like, look at that room and imagine what that floor plan that looks like, Mm -hmm. you know, where the sofa is, where the chairs are angled, where that little tiny chair that they have tucked up by the fireplace, what that looks like. And note that the scales are also different. You know, you have like comfy chairs, you have, you know, accent chairs, you have a comfortable sofa, a sectional um, but they're all, just how you, you arrange it, the profiles of those pe- pieces should also be having a conversation. They totally. should be interesting because the best conversations are with people that aren't exactly like you. Yeah. And the first thing we do when we get a floor plan from any client or prospective client is we space plan it. Mm-hmm. We have to just figure out like, who are you? what is the flow of this room and get the floor plan to start talking to us. So then we can start using similar language when we start talking back to it. And we're using like real furniture blocks. So we know exactly the scale of these rooms. It's so, so, so telling. And then we kind of push ourselves to do the unexpected um, to really make it, I don't know, design seeing, right? Cause that's the thing that's going to increase um, your, your value of your home more than anything. So yeah. yeah. I was just going to break off on that. Also on the space planning, that's when you can really create more than one 
conversation. Yes. You start, especially in these open floor plans where they are big, massive rooms. It's hard to imagine a huge open concept with just one conversation circle. Yes. Like that's There's not a silly. conversation that big. No. Or everybody's yelling, right? <laughs> no. It's a football game. <laughs> that's the only time that there's a conversation that big. Exactly. But when you have like a little corner over here for a little small table and two chairs or a game table mm-hmm. or, you know, a little settee or um, there's interesting ways to, and you want to create more than one talking talking totally. space because that's how people live. People yeah. don't have one big conversation. Picture hosting a baby shower right? What is it? It's like 27 women all having different conversations at the same time, right? And there's maybe three or four women per conversation. You know, that means there's like nine conversations going on. And so you're really just talking to people near you and you're kind of on the edge of your seat of the sofa and you're like really engaging, you know, staring people in the eyes and talking. So um, creating small groupings of chairs or smaller chairs by bigger pieces, we love whenever we do something large, we like to do something humble next to it. So um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing to consider that conversation mm-hmm. because for the most part, a large room is going to be a collection of conversations. Yep. I think of, there's um, one of our vendors, Mitchell Gold Bob Williams, they have a, a party every year at market uh-huh. and there's a lot of people and just individual retailers and they were all getting together and having a lovely dinner at Mitchell and Bob's home. Yes. So it's, it's a really personal point. space. It's not at market. Yeah. And yeah. it's, and it's not like a massive space, but the way they space planned it and the furniture that they've used really invite you to kind of have those break off moments. And just even the sectional you, you have like on that, they have one huge sectional in the family room, which is pretty much just a sectional, but it's so interesting because half of the seats don't necessarily have a back. So it's open to both sides. So somebody could be sitting on one side, talking to someone in one direction and another group could be on the other, you know, and the seat right next to them facing the opposite way. And it's, it's really interesting. That's probably the, one of the first times I've experienced that mm-hmm. and not in an open concept, not a huge space, but just the power of, Space planning. Space planning. Yeah. It's incredible. It's a whole dialogue. Yep. Yeah. It's fascinating. And it's fun to look at on plan when you really consider these pieces. Uh, In the middle of my um, kitchen and family room area, I have a chaise that's open on both sides. And so it invites, you know, my teenage daughters or their friends or family members or whatever to sit on that chaise however they want. I mean, they could, I guess, lay on their back and look at the ceiling. They could, and hold a puppy on their lap and talk to the dog, or they could sit and face the kitchen or sit and face the family room if there's a game on or something. So it's kind of that, um, that connector a bridge. Yeah, it is Mm -hmm. a bridge. Yeah. And, and those pieces are really fun. I could have easily put a love seat there and then the back of the love seat would have been to the kitchen and, and it would have felt (laughs) almost like a visual wall. Right. I will say this though, if you're going to walk into the back of a piece of a furniture, do put a console behind it so that um, there's still something that speaks back to the open space behind it where it's been styled and it, it adds interest because nobody really wants to look at the back of something. Yep. And if you do put a console behind that piece that, so you don't look into the back, if you can nest an ottoman or something underneath that, so someone can pull that ottoman out and sit and either like, again, another seat for the family room, or I can sit and talk to somebody in the kitchen or the, the adjoining space. Mm-hmm. So there's little nesting opportunities always to create, I think, just a conversation in the opposite direction so that everybody has, mm-hmm. a, has a comfort zone. Yeah. And if you, 
if you build it, they will come. If you put it there, the little Ottoman thing, you will use it. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, this is so intuitive. There's kind of this little in-between space between the kitchen and the family room called a keeping room. And this is, um, you can look it up in the dictionary. This is something that comes from colonial homes in days of old where um, the kitchens would be heated from the ovens and stoves and everything, and the family rooms would be cold. And so the keeping room would be sort of like a really small petite family room before you get to the larger family room, but it would be, the heat would spill over from the kitchen and make that space actually more cozy and it's smaller. So it's mm-hmm. naturally fun to sit in because who doesn't love a little, a little sofa or, or sofa to uh-huh. sit on or whatever you want to do. And we've created keeping rooms between the kitchen and family room. If, if it's a large floor plan and there's a big void of space um, in one space, uh, we uh, actually worked on Rachel Parcell's mom's home and she has this really wide spans between and she always had wanted a center hall table And it was a moment for us to put a a beautiful, big, I think 60 inch round table right there and put a little couple Ottomans up to it and dress it. But then, you know, when she has grandkids or overflow for Thanksgiving or whatever, that can become a second dining table for children or teenagers or something to have their own little conversation separate from the adult conversations happening at the larger table. So it's the keeping room and it's been, it's become a concept that people just love Yep, and we actually put wingbacks. Oh yeah, wingbacks. We wing ended backs. up putting wingbacks yeah. just, and I think because most of the time it's just her and her husband when her kids aren't there, mm-hmm. and so it's a nice little quiet moment that you know she can sit and eat her grapefruit in the morning if she doesn't want to sit at a big table by herself. Yeah, and you can kind of have just like a little intimate moment mm-hmm. in a keeping room. I think one of the first times I think I really I don't know the keeping room was at your mom's house. Yeah, you know, and you said that like that. There's always a nursing mother there, someone that wants to be comfortable. But talking to whoever's cooking in the kitchen, yeah, and it just—I don't know—it's just—it's the prized seat. Yeah, because who there's there's never like comfortable lounge seating in a kitchen. You usually have a bar stool or a dining chair, and so to actually have a sofa in the kitchen is such a luxury and a prized spot for any grandparent or yeah nursing mom or whatever. It's great. So if you have that void or you know someone that has a void, please inform them of the keeping room because they mm. shouldn't. They shouldn't employ that. Yeah, totally. And it's not that it has walls up or anything. It's just part of that open floor plan. Mm -hmm. So it's just a way to define it again with space planning, which is great. Um, Okay. So we have one more question and it is, should the flooring all be the same or should there be transitions between the spaces? So we talked about this a little bit in the beginning where we said we could identify the entry as being really the entry and give it a little formality with a special floor. Um, And then obviously we can define, you know, hallways and whatnot. But one thing that we didn't talk about was don't forget the ceiling because this is um, an awesome opportunity to differentiate space, Mm -hmm. even if you don't have a vertical wall. Yep. So I know on my ceiling in that sort of kitchen and family room area we talked about that goes up to 17 feet, um, I put in like a series of, um, you know, um, paint grade beams. So they're not wood in texture. They're just squared box beams. Mm -hmm. And there's like a circular window up there and um, a really beautiful blonde wood ceiling. And it's just very coastal and beachy. And it really just kind of pinches that space together at the top. And it's really, really charming and very architectural. Um, We've also done like coffered ceilings or a series of like rhythms of beams, Mm -hmm. um, tray ceilings that we can wallpaper and sort of define a family room space. And, and that's maybe not happening in the sort of eat-in kitchen space or in the eat-in kitchen space, 
we can define that ceiling and do yeah. something special. I was, gonna, I was just thinking about Tiger Oak yeah. and how like on the floor we did change, you know, there's like the little dining nook where she has, they don't have a formal dining, but they have a dining space and that space is tiled because there's like a nice termination where it makes sense mm-hmm. to change materials on the floor. Um, but then also, and again, this is in a two-story space. So again, but it's a nice open concept, but we did divide it by a beam from the family room to that dining nook, as well as divide the family room to the kitchen also with a beam and then treated the kitchen ceiling differently. Yeah. So again, just start, start to kind of seg- segment off those spaces. Yeah, define your spaces. In your mind. Yeah. yeah. And say, where could I add a beam? Where could I like... Create some interest. Interesting. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Cause it's subliminal. Cause the floor plan is all the same plane, right? We're not like stepping into a sunken family room, like in the seventies or something. These are all the same plane, but there's just tricks that you can play with the ceiling or the floor patterns just to give it a little bit of definition. Yeah. But if you need to add like little tiny wing walls or something to make a flooring change, make sense, do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So totally give you permission. Yes. I love that. Um, guys, I think that's everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I was just thinking to myself is like, we need to have an entire episode on space planning. Cause I had like 50 questions, but maybe for another day. Yeah. Yeah. Space planning. Let yeah. us know if that's something that you guys want to talk more about. I think it'd be really fun to show some favorite sp- space plans, a visual thing, plan views, so like drawings of them that we do and some favorites that we have. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and if there's any other episodes that you guys uh, want us to record or questions that you have, please send them in to uh, dear Alice at alicelanehome.com. Thank you so much for joining us today and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 